gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a brand new episode of The Snaggle Show. I'm, of course, your host, Christian, a.k.a. Snaggle J. Today is Wednesday, December 30th, 2020, or possibly later, depending on when you get around to listening to it. As always, I appreciate uh, you spending time listening to the podcast, supporting the podcast on anchor.fm slash Snaggle Show, or your app of choice on Android or iOS. Today is going to be a very interesting episode uh as i'm going to be going through what i like to call talking points for cyberpunk 2077 we did an episode last week two weeks ago about all of the foolish things that have happened around the release uh i have been trying to get to the point where i am comfortable um doing a sort of quote-unquote review. For those of you who have not watched any of my Talking Points videos before, um, I don't like to call them reviews. It's mostly just things that I like, things that I don't like um, for helping evaluate the product, for helping perhaps if you have held off on buying it uh, based on all many different factors and are considering it, maybe they are things that can help you make a decision. Um... One thing I am going to try to focus on, or not focus on, I should say, in this episode, is all of the foolishness surrounding the launch. Uh, I think we covered that pretty good in the Cyberpunked episode. A lot of things have happened. They've issued worldwide refunds. Um, there's been a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of things that have happened, you know, not related to playing the actual game. And I don't really want to get into the weeds of that and what Cyberpunk or um, what CDPR has done right, what CDPR has done wrong. What I want to do is use this episode to evaluate the current state of the game. Whether I liked it, whether I didn't like it, what things I liked, what things I didn't like, what things I would like to see improved. Because TLDR, if you want me to you know, give you the summary and then you can quit out after listening for three minutes, and I would still appreciate the three minutes of time you spend here. But the TLDR is, it, there is a, a good core game here. That's what I think a lot of people have, have missed. I've seen a lot of people online who, in, in the two or three days after it was launched, were appalled at the way it was handled and, and, the, and the PR and stuff. And then a week later, they're like, hey, there, there's, there's something here. And I tend to agree with that. There is something here i've spent almost 50 hours in this game and much like i said when i did the uh, assassin's creed valhalla talking points you don't spend 50 hours on a game that you don't like so there are things here that have value. There are things here that I like. There are things here that can be built upon to um, you know, make this the product that a lot of people wanted. We said this, you know, I've said this on multiple videos and podcasts in the past 
there was no way this game was ever going to live up to the hype. I don't think it was going to be the absolute metric fuck ton of a shit show uh, that it turned out to be. You know, right from the from the no console reviews to what it was like on on uh, past gen Xbox and PS4. Um, so the whole epilepsy uh, situation and then, you know, to issuing refunds and, and, you know, now there has several patches out and, you know, like all of that stuff, like there was no way this game was ever going to live up to the hype, but I don't think anybody thought it was going to go the way it's going to go. But let's get into talking about the actual game and the state of Cyberpunk 2077 as a video game. Is this a video game? that I would recommend that people pick up, we'll see. Again, I don't like to tell, I'm a firm believer that as, you know, as a, as a creator, it is not up to me to tell you how to spend your money. Um, just like how I did not refund the game. I know a lot of people who refunded the game and said, well, I'll never play it again, or I'll come back when it's fixed. I chose not to. I chose to play the game in the state it was in and show faith in CDPR that, you know, they're going to make it a better product down the road. But let's jump in to the talking points and let's start with the stuff that I like. And one of the first things that is really, and a lot of people have talked about this, but the world itself, Night City. And the surrounding Badlands area. The world itself is... I don't want to use the word spectacular. But the scale of what is happening in Night City is extremely impressive. The the the, the super tall skyscraper buildings. The streets. Uh, the differences in the various uh, locales in the game. You know, you can always tell the difference between Japantown and uh, in the Kabuki region. And, you know, if you go over to Pacifica, obviously you can tell the difference there. The world itself is very impressive. Now, I, I wouldn't say the world is perfect. I still think there is um, some AI issues. The AI seems relatively lifeless when you're not immediately right there engaging with it. But the world is just an impressive thing. You know, a lot of people talked in in the pre-release, but, well, it's not as big as The Witcher, it's not as big as Skyrim, and this world feels every bit as big as any other open-world RPG I've played because the verticality makes it feel big. Yes, you can traverse from one side of the map all the way out to the middle of the desert in, like, six minutes on your bike or in a car, but, like, there's so many things to see and do along the way that, you know, the world is extremely vibrant. Like I said, I wish the AI was a little more intuitive. Um, you know, you walk through people on the sidewalk and stuff. But, but again, just, you know, the world itself, it, it's, it's, it's beautiful. There's lots of wonderful photo mode opportunities um, for you to drive social media engagement, if that's your kind of thing, or if you just like to save those sort of pictures. I'm immediately taken aback once you get to a point, I feel like maybe, and, and again, one thing I want to point out, I will try to avoid spoilers as much as possible. And if I am going to talk about something spoilerish, um, I will you know, give you a fair heads up so you can skip ahead a little bit. Um, but when you get to the start of Act 2, when you're really released into kind of your own devices, that's when you really start to see how, how pretty of a world Night City is. And how there's just so much to do. And um, let's talk about the story. I, I love the story. I think the story, the main story itself is extremely intriguing. Again, I won't give away any spoilers. But to me, 
And we talked a lot about this during the Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, video that I did. Where, you know, it, 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 it's not a perfect story, but there's enough there. There's enough nuance and intrigue to keep you wanting to figure out what happened. Um, there are some points of the story where I get, I don't know if confused is the right word, but it fe to me, there, there, there seems to be this point where the main story is sort of going in different directions with different people. And that kind of was a little off putting, but again, the, the, the story itself, the story of V, uh, who is the main character in the game that you play, it's an intriguing story. Um, the way that Keanu Reeves character, Johnny Silverhand is weaved into that story, um, is extremely effective, I think. Um, that, that's another thing that, you know, in, in terms of the story, I think their use of the Johnny Silverhand character um, is really uh, augmenting to the story. I feel like he pops up at the right times with the right commentary. Sometimes his commentary is just a little bit of comedic relief in the middle of, of, of a tense mission. But, you know, again, the use of his character and the way it develops, um, again, without spoiling anything, it's just, it's, it's effective. It adds to the story. It augments to the intrigue of the main story of Cyberpunk 2077. And I feel like, again, I have not gotten all the way to the end of the main story yet, but I've done some research and, and, and looked into a few things because I personally am not worried about spoilers. Um, I feel like, again, you know, it, it's one of those things where a lot of people kind of rolled their eyes when they said, oh yeah, here comes the Keanu Reeves hype machine to try to sell copies of this game. But they really used that character in an extremely effective way to play off of the main story and, and connect you a little more to it. Because, now okay, this might be a little bit spoilerish, so you might want to fast forward ahead like a minute. Not super spoilerish, but might be a little bit. But what the Johnny Silverhand character does is it kind of forces you to have an opinion of whether you like him or hate him. And whether you like Johnny Silverhand or hate Johnny Silverhand, that is going to affect some of the dialogue decisions and the decisions that you make throughout the story. So it's really, again, that... that I don't even want to call it a cameo because Johnny Silverhand plays a, a pretty large role in this game i feel like again that, that they use that particular character so effectively in developing the story um yeah the main story is great uh, again there's a there's a few little points about it that that i you know that i don't like i i feel like sometimes it moves too fast and then other times it moves too slow and then other times it just seems to be going sideways. But oh, the overall theme of the main story, I quite enjoy. The side missions and additional content, holy crap, there is an absolute ton of stuff to do in this game. I definitely recommend when you get to the point of no return that you make a save. Uh, if you have not completed everything, which I don't think you would, Otherwise, you'd be at like 100 million hours before you got to the end of the main story. Uh, I definitely recommend that you make a save before you enter that point. And um, once you complete the story, if you would like to go back to that save and then complete, continue doing the side stuff. Because there is a, a, just a metric ton of side stuff to do. It's absolutely insane. 
I like again, I'm pushing like 48, 49 hours at this point, and my map is littered with yellow question marks. Um each of the different areas have what they call a fixer, who basically is a quest giver. Um, and they will give you when when you approach certain areas, which you can do either by checking the map. Um, or you just will stumble across them as you travel. They will call you with, uh, with, with a gig. Um, and those gigs are, are the, the thing about them is they're usually a quick little side mission, but a lot of them have really interesting stories and, and the text messages and the dialogue that come along with them. You know, a lot of people will look at them and say, oh, well, they're a simple, you know, kill the target or recover this quest. But again, each of them has, a, you know, its own crafted dialogue and crafted messaging that it makes it feel every single time like you're, it's a unique mission. And there's something to be said about that. They could just send you on, you know, a hundred fetch quests all with the same dialogue. V, we need you to recover this thing here. Go. And then V, congratulations. We have deposited your fee for completing the mission. But it's not like that. There is dialogue you know, from the fixers for each one and messaging from fixers for, for each one. So each one of those side gigs feels like a unique experience. And even though a lot of them are, are of a similar, of a similar, uh, ilk, so to speak, um, they all feel a bit different. Um, there's also a, a bunch of actual side content, which is, is which is branched off the main story. Um, so, like, there are longer arcs um, that, you know, that will take place over several missions. Those are fun as well. The one thing I really enjoyed about them is you will get to a certain point in them, and they'll say, hey, uh, you know, we'll be in touch in a few days or whatever. And you go off about your thing and then you kind of forget about them until your phone rings and it's like, oh crap, I forgot about her or I forgot about him. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, hey, I got some more intel. So those particular things are kind of working in the background as you're off doing other stuff. So it, again, it makes it feel more immersive. The immersion is, is with those, um, I, I don't know what you really want to call them. Secondary, uh, quest lines, I guess would be the best way to describe them. You know, they, they, they're, they're immersive that they'll go for a bit. They'll take a break for a bit. They'll go for a bit longer. They'll take a break for a bit longer and they're intriguing and they're, you know, um, you know, interesting. And there, there hasn't been a quest yet where I've just been completely like, oh, fuck that shit. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. I will say there are some quests that are borderline uh, offensive that, um, you know, some people are going to be extremely turned off. They're extremely non-PG related uh, quests. Uh, they're not a whole lot of them, but I will warn you, there are some quests out there that will present some R-rated elements uh, and even some X-rated elements in some cases. Um, so I, I will advise people, again, you know, it's kind of... I think you know what you're getting into. Cyberpunk is an 18 plus game. Um, so really, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I firmly believe the game's rated 18 plus. If you're, if you have kids under 18, they shouldn't be playing the damn game in the first place. And that's on you as a bad parent. Um, but there are some side quests and, and side missions, uh, that will present some extremely out there elements. Um, which again, for me, it, 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 I'm not going to lie, as a 39-year-old, as a almost 39-year-old, 
uh, Father of Two, they're, they're a little bit of a turnoff. I feel like the game doesn't need a lot of those super adult elements, but I also see, again, when, when they do present them, there's usually a, a good, well-thought-out reason for them. Um, let's talk about mechanics a little bit. Uh, the combat itself can feel really good uh, in certain situations. Um, in this game, again, there, there are a lot of different ways you can build your character. You can build your character to be melee. You can build your character to be up close, blasty type weapons, you know, shotgun pistol types. You can build yourself to be a more rifly, uh, you know, snipery type, which, which is what my character is. I carry uh, SMG, a, for that, which I rarely use, a uh, precision rifle and a sniper rifle. And I try to keep my distance as much as possible. But where this game really is, um, excels combat-wise is when you play a more stealthy character and use the cyber hacking uh, systems that are in place. Now, obviously, again, I'm not a fan of a game that presents combat choice but there is a clear um, best way, quote unquote, to play the game. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that more in the things I don't like. But um, again, if, if you like to play more stealthy characters, you, you will run across a, a, where the prime examples of these are is um, you will uh, come across... Uh, NCPD crime areas. So the police department has a reported crime in the area and there's usually going to be four to six gang members there and you have to, you know, neutralize them and, and sometimes recover a, uh, a item that's in the area to close out the little, it's a little, you know, pop-up side thing. And, and there, it's a really good way, by the way, early on when you go to your map and you find these little NCPD crime areas, it's a good way to make money uh, in the early game. Excuse me, I'm still working on my morning coffee. I'm feeling fresh this morning. Um, uh, approaching these by using, you know, scanning for electronic devices and using potential hacking opportunities and pinging enemies and using, uh, a, you know, a vending machine as a distraction, which will allow you to jump in there. The stealth combat of this game is very, very fun. I like using sniper rifle and precision rifle as well. I find it works very well when you can keep your distance. Um... You know, it, it, to me, that's where the game excels. We'll talk a little bit more about combat in the stuff that I don't like. Uh, the other thing I really like is the characters. Now, this is limited to characters that you have interactions with. Not just random NPCs uh, on the sidewalk. Any character that you run into that has missions for you uh, is well-developed, well-voice-acted. Um, again, every character is unique. And I keep meeting new characters that give me missions and stuff, uh, even at, you know, the almost 50 hour mark. And each of them is uniquely voiced. Each of them is uniquely dressed. Each of them has different mannerisms and different ways they handle themselves. Um, everybody, the one thing you're going to really quickly do once you start getting into the branching out a little bit part of the game is you're going to find favorites. Uh, uh, the big debate, you know, who do you like better, Judy Alvarez or Pan Am Palmer? That's a big one. Uh, I tend to think uh, I like Pan Am a little better. That's just me. But again, they're they're very unique characters. Pan Am, by the way, reminds me of uh, Poverty from uh, uh, Outer Worlds. Hopefully, you get that reference. Very similar character. Uh, just in the way 
that she handles herself. Might even be the same. I, I have to look up. That might be the same voice actor, actually. Um, they sound very similar. Uh, but anyway, like all of the characters you have interactions with are very unique and very uh, interesting and intriguing in their own way. You will have characters that you will grow fond of. You will have characters that you grow uh, hatred for. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the game. It's kind of fun that way. I, it's really well done. Um, now let's flip over to the stuff that kind of drives my gears a little bit. And these are in no particular order, but the big one for me is the classic CDPR horrible inventory crafting inventory management system. Again, the if you ask me the thing I hate the most about The Witcher 3, it's having to deal anything with my inventory. Um, and I don't know why CDPR just has this horrendous way of dealing with your inventory. Like, the closest thing I will compare it to right now is Valhalla, which came out just recently. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I mentioned this when I did my talking points for that, is, you know, you get gear and weapons periodically. And it's very easy to tell which ones are upgrades and which ones are not upgrades. And, you know, it's a two-minute thing and you're, and you're back to questing. The, 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 the biggest thing I hate about CDPR games, this is not a, a cyberpunk thing, this is a Witcher 3 thing also, is out of my 50 hours of playtime, I guarantee you that 7 to 9 hours of it is spent managing my inventory. And trying to use, you know, and especially in the early mid part of the game, before you get really overpowered weapons where it's clear I'm running with this gun for a while. See, at this point, I have three iconic guns. And you will find iconic weapons throughout the world. Uh, some of them are, most of them are tied to completing missions. Um, and then once you get those iconic weapons, you'll just keep upgrading those. But in the early game, it seems like every five minutes you pick up something that is better than what you're using. Both weapon-wise and, and gear-wise. And you're just constantly, you know, going in and clearing out your inventory, breaking down or selling the stuff you don't want. There is just so much inventory in this game. And the crafting system is not intuitive at all. There's upgrade and uh, item components of five different tiers. And as you get different tiers of weapons, you need higher tiers of components. I mean, it, it you get used to it after a while, but I just... I wish this that CDPR would realize that people don't want to play inventory management simulators. Like, I feel like you could just make an OOTP of the inventory system of this game and just play it. CDPR presents Inventory Management 2020. And you just they just keep bringing you more inventory and you have to manage it all. It, it's a big turnoff for me. And again, I'm glad I'm to the point of the game where I don't worry about my weapons anymore. I have the three weapons locked in. If I find anything that is not an iconic weapon, I sell it. If I find anything that is an iconic weapon, I stash it at my apartment and everything else just goes. The, the uh, apparel, I put on the best thing that I have and I just move on. And I, I break down everything else. Um, I have probably a thousand drinks and food and you know other weird buff 
debuff healing type things, I'll never look at them. Um, yes, you need a lot of them at the upper levels. Like if you play on the harder difficulty, they may come in helpful. But it, again, it, this reminds me so much of all the things I did not like about The Witcher 3 in terms of the the fact that it is an inventory management sim. Um, driving in this game is horrible. Uh, I recommend using fast travel points whenever possible. Um, the driving is brutal. The way the cars and the bikes handle is atrocious. And I hate saying that because, again, in the good part, I talked about how good the world is. But after a while, uh, I just fast travel everywhere because the driving and it's just so bad. Um, it's just it's it's painful for me to continue to drive from point A to point B uh, because the driving, the physics of driving is just it's absolute horseshit. It's garbage. Um, you know, you, you tap the brakes and you completely spin a 180. Uh, the driving is just, to me, is the least enjoyable part of this game is getting behind the wheel of a vehicle and having to drive anywhere. Um, uh, again, maybe it's just me, but the driving physics are, are, again, it's cool in the early on because you're still like, ooh, ah, about how cool the world is. Um, but you'll get bored of it quick and you'll start using fast travel points pretty much everywhere you go. Um, in relation to the inventory system, there's just way too much junk in this game. Um, I feel like, you know, if you go into, I talked earlier about like an NCPD, uh, you know, one of those little gang clear outs that you'll do a lot of, especially in the early game to make you good money, do it. There's always like 50 things to pick up. So many of them are junk and on console, picking things up is not always easy. Um, the actual range of where you have to have your cursor in order to pick something up is just broken a lot of times. Um, sometimes to pick up things from a body, you have to point three feet away from the body. Uh, the, the, the pickup detection is poor at best. Um, I, I have seen people comment it is better on PC. Well, I friggin' hope so because it's really bad on console. But there's just, again, in typical... CDPR fashion, the game is just littered with junk everywhere. Junk, 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 junk. You go into a room and there's 50 things to pick up. Uh, it's constant. I just literally point at the ground and spin circles and mash X on Xbox as much as I can to try to pick stuff up. It becomes a little, little too much after a while. Um, another minor thing that really gripes me... Uh, and I really hope that now that we're into next generation, this becomes more and more of a thing. But there's no field of view slider on console. Uh, I know it's not a really common thing for console to have field of view sliders. But considering the amount of customizable video options there are on PC and how there are several of those on the console versions as well, not having an FOV slider is a piss off. Uh, the field of view in this game seems quite narrow. Uh, I'm, I hope this is something that they will release in a future patch. Um, because again, I, I'm someone who I like to play with my FOV, you know, in the, in the 93 to hundred range for most games. Uh, and I just feel like this game is quite narrow in the point of view. It's probably like a 70, maybe. Um, I, and sometimes it, and again, it, it really bothers me. I play on a large high end screen 
and I really wish I had FOV sliders. Again, I know it's on the PC version. I wish, and I hope that now that we're into next gen, that POV sliders becomes a standard thing in these sort of games, in first-person games uh, on consoles as well. Uh, and I said I would talk about the combat again. So for as fun as the combat can be as a ranged or stealth kind of person, the combat is absolutely horrible if you want to be a up-close... Uh, I wouldn't even say melee. I think melee is a little bit fun, but if you want to be a pistol shotgun type, don't. <laughs> uh, I tried that early on. Early on, I ran like pistol shotgun... Uh, thinking that that was how I wanted my character to be, and I was immediately turned off from that. Um, you know, again, it's this game, especially in situations where there are multiple enemies, and those situations are extremely, extremely, extremely plentiful. Um, running into combat uh, is not advisable, especially if you play at the upper difficulties. If you play on hard or very hard, um, you're going to get absolutely shredded. Uh, and then to hide behind cover, oftentimes you're not close enough for a shotgun to be effective. Uh, so you will use additional ammo, which the ammo is is relatively plentiful to come by, especially on the lower difficulties. Um, it just it makes battle take so much longer because again, you you're too far away from the cover. Cover in this game is absolutely critical. Um, Again, I do feel like, and I know CDPR has said they, they have not done this, but I do feel like the game forces you into using the cyber hacking to be an effective combat machine. Uh, again, I, there is probably a cool build out there for a shotgun person who's a, who's a good hacker, and that allows you to dis distract enemies and short-circuit them and use contagion and other cyber hacking things to help you get closer to them so you can blow their brains off with a shotgun. Um, I didn't find that particularly enjoyable. Again, this particular playthrough where I, I played as a street kid, um, I didn't want to put a huge focus on cyber hacking because again, I feel like to me, cyber hacking is more of a corpo or, uh, maybe even a nomad thing, you know, a nomad out in the wilderness learning, you know, how to be a hacker and stuff. I feel like the cyber hacking thing, if you're into the role playing elements, of course, I feel like cyber hacking tends to be more of a um, tends to be more of a corpo or a nomad fit um, for a street kid. You know, I, I it's hard. It's a hard sell for me to to draw this line where you know, like a street kid would use like hacking for like opening doors and and stealing money from a vending machine and stuff like that. Um, so again, I just feel like the game, you know. I've heard people say, oh, you can play any combat style you want, but some of them are definitely more, um, I don't want to use the word effective, but some of them are more easy to roll with than others. Um, but that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I know there's a lot to take in here and a game of this scale is difficult to sit down in 30 minutes and say, Hey, here's the good and here's the bad for me. I've really enjoyed the game. There are things about it that I absolutely do not like. There are things about every game that I absolutely do not like. There is no perfect video game out there. Um, do I feel like Cyberpunk 2077? Again, like I said at the beginning, you know, I feel like Cyberpunk 2077 has the core 
skeleton of an amazing game. Um, there are absolutely major issues with it. Again, I, I didn't even touch on uh, some of the graphical glitches, some of the things that are really just, you know, broken. Um, those things are, are, you know, are well publicized or talked about in every forum. There are bugs in this game. There are things that will be annoying. I just had a bad one yesterday where I was out in the Badlands and I called my bike and my bike went halfway down into the road and I got on it and I could not get off. And I had to reload a save checkpoint, which was from like 10 minutes before and lost a bunch of progress. Uh, and like, it's frustrating. Um, there, to me, if you have gone and refunded this game or you have not purchased it yet, I would definitely wait. Uh, you know, they have big patches planned for January, big patch planned for February, uh, and see the state of this game moving forward. I have enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, it has been, you know, 48, 49 enjoyable hours. I'm looking forward to, to finishing it out. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to them making some improvements and doing another playthrough with, with a different playstyle in the future. Um, I'm, you know, again, it, to me, I am, I think that there is enough good things here that I am confident that Cyberpunk 2077 can be a great video game given, um, if there is a desire there to fix it and, 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 and listen to the community around it. There are, there are, again, the, I listen to them. There are things that I don't like. I don't think the inventory system is going to change. Um, I mean, the Witcher 3 inventory system never changed. Um, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, you know, that's the way they choose to make the game. Um, once you get to the later part of the game, it's not as big of an issue, but there's a lot to unpack with cyberpunk 2077. It has been three very interesting weeks for the life cycle of this game. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it in the future, because I do feel like there is a great game here. And hopefully over time and with, with some effort and some good development direction, um, they can turn this product into something uh, more special than what we have now. Uh, so that's it. That's my talking points. Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of bad. Um, again, I, you know, the, I think the TLDR is for me, uh, you know, I've had fun. That's my, that's where my measuring stick is. Did I have fun playing the game? I have had fun playing the game. And I think the, the story elements have, you know, given me that fun aspect. And you know, again, I'm going to keep playing it. I'm probably going to do another playthrough in the summer once they fixed a bunch of stuff and I knock a bunch of other games off of my list of crap that I need to play. Um, but yeah, Hey, it's, it's there. It's a game. It's, it's interesting. I'd be curious to know if you have continued playing, what do you think? Do you agree with some of my points? Do you disagree with some of my points? Uh, hit me up on the Twitter machine, twitter.com slash snagglej or the discord, uh, discord.snaggle.club. Uh, as always, again, I thank you guys for listening to the podcast. If you're listening on anchor.fm slash snaggle show or your podcast app of choice on Android or iOS, thank you so much for listening uh, to the snaggle show. Make sure you tell all your friends, give it an eight and a half star review because I think I'm worth it. Uh, and I will catch you guys on the next one, which will probably be in 2021. Uh, so until next time, peace.